Our text which we'll be considering for chapel this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old, and the tear is made worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. Dear fellow students of the word, square pegs and round holes, oil and water, yin and yang. Yesterday, Zach talked to us about all of these things that seemed not to go together, but actually do go together. Oxymorons like jumbo shrimp, and the freedom to serve. Today we're going to flip that around and take a look at some of the things that look like they should go together, but actually don't. Maybe some of you who have nieces or nephews or any sort of little children in your lives have seen them playing with those toys of the little wooden cutouts with the barn animals. They always seem to grab the wrong one. They'll grab the pig and they'll try to mash it into the slot that the cows go in. It's not exactly square pegs and round holes, but you can see it looks like it should fit. They're both animals with four legs, but they don't, no matter how hard they try to mash it in there. Oil and water, both liquids. You'd think that they'd combine just fine, when in fact you put them together and they remain distinctly separate. In fact, separating into two layers when put in the same container. And you can hardly imagine a yin without a yang in that swirling, circular symbol. But you'll notice, if you recall in your mind, that there is no gray in a yin-yang symbol. It's all black and white, very separate and distinct. In our text for today, Jesus is speaking of things that seem to the natural mind that they want to go together. See, the scribes and the Pharisees had been dogging Jesus' ministry throughout his life, and they were confused because the disciples that followed Jesus were not obeying the Pharisaic law, those bonus laws that they had added to the Mosaic law, and they weren't fasting, as was the custom. The followers of Christ professed to believe in Jehovah, but they didn't do these things that everyone believed you had to do in order to follow Jehovah. And this comes up at various places throughout the Gospels as a problem, especially regarding the Sabbath, when the disciples were husking the wheat in their hand to eat, or when Jesus was healing on the Sabbath. How could one show such utter disregard for God's law and still say that they worshipped Jehovah. See, in their minds, it was the good works of the Mosaic law that led to one's justification. Now that mindset is still around today. It has been called the opinio legis, or the opinion of the law. It's that logical feeling that rests in the heart of man to believe that we have to do something to merit God's grace and favor. 
It's what every single religion on planet Earth reflects in their teachings, that you have to do something in order to be saved. Every religion except one, true Christianity. You see, the opinio legis, the opinion of the law, is like a hammer. And when all you have is a hammer, all your problems look an awful lot like nails. But the truth is that we don't even have that hammer. We have no ability to do what is good in the sight of God, according to our sinful nature. Work and faith seem to go hand in hand in earning and producing our salvation, but this just isn't the case. Romans 3.20 Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall be no flesh justified in his sight. That's why Jesus speaks this parable about the wineskins. If you put new wine into old wineskins, that old leather, which has already been stretched to its limit, won't expand as the new wine ferments and expands, and it will, as Jesus said, burst. You can't combine the old with the new. If you try to, you'll ruin both. Likewise, coming from the other direction, you can't take a new piece of unshrunk cloth and patch it onto an old garment. Because once you sew that new patch on and it shrinks, it's going to tear away from the garment and it will make the hole bigger. You can't add the old to the new either. If you try, you will again ruin both. So why do we try and do exactly these things? Instead of taking God at his word, we, by nature, would rather do one of two things. Either add a little law to the gospel, or add a little gospel to the law. Add a little gospel to the law by saying, yes, Jesus died for you, and now you have to prove it by living a righteous life and doing many good deeds, pulling yourself up by your spiritual bootstraps. Or adding a little law to the gospel, saying, Jesus died for all of your sins. Now all you have to do is that one little thing of accepting Jesus into your heart and making that decision. Just makes sense, right? That these works would produce saving faith. They seem to need to go together. But they don't. And they can't. As far as justification is concerned, uh, works and salvation are square pegs and round holes, oil and water, yin and yang, and never the two shall meet. Rather, all things have already been accomplished by Christ completely, the only one by whose works we are justified. He himself said in Matthew 5.17, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. By Christ's redeeming work, we are made acceptable in God's eyes. The works that Christ has done in our place have been accounted to us for righteousness. The sinful thoughts and deeds that we commit were placed on Christ as he bled for us on Calvary. Talk about things that we would think should go together that don't belong together anymore. Sin and sinners obviously go together. Christ and righteousness obviously go together. 
but in his infinite love. That great reversal was made so that our lot of sin, death, and condemnation became Christ's lot, and his lot of righteousness, perfection, and holiness has become our own. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Thanks be to God, who has given us the victory over death and the devil by his own death and resurrection. He has removed our guilt from us forever, so that these two things that were infinitely separated, holy God and sinful man, have now been reconciled in Christ. By Jesus' works, we have been made perfect to show forth the fruits of faith, works that are no longer a prerequisite for salvation, but rather the result of our justification, so that we might, the rest of our lives, bring glory to his holy name, that name which is above every name, and of which we sing this morning in the words of hymn 339, verses 1, 3, and 5. 339, 1, 3, and 5. Thank you. 